0: Generally speaking, about the church, episode number 53. Hello everybody, and welcome back to About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is DG Holmes. And we are here continuing on last week's discussion.
1: Yes, we are. And now we're going to start off with tithing.
0: We're going to start off with tithing and then we're going to get to the rest of your voicemails or not voicemails, feedback, emails, email. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Lots of good discussion today. Definitely. All right, folks. Uh, So last week we were talking, DG, about tithing and whether or not people would give to these large buildings and stuff like that. And let's talk about tithing. What, What do you think about tithing? What do I think about tithing? What is tithing? <laughs> dg <laughs>
1: well no i want you to talk about it because i want to respond to what you're all talking right. about to talk about all right mind? i'm sorry i just completely threw that back in your.
0: That, no i that's fine if you, I, you you just lay it on my corner here I'll, I'll, t- I'll pick it up and go with it all right so here's the deal for me um tithing the word tithe means that means a tenth right
1: tenth, tenth. and ten percent yeah ten percent first so, fruits
0: Well, yeah, but but the word tithe just in and of itself means 10 first fruits, 10 (laughs) percent, 10 percent of the first fruits. Okay, of the first fruits. Okay, so anyway, one of the things that you were saying is that people probably will not give to the church in the future. These young adults, these these this your generation, just not going to give money to a building, not going to give money to a paid salary and what have you. And you know what? I totally just realized that I didn't take a break to look up the verse for paying the pastor oh yeah it, it's in there I, I will find it so um anyway
1: but paying the pastor for a full-time salary or just paying the pastor
0: i believe <laughs> we keep the, going I, I believe paying the pastor <laughs> We'll read for, the scripture <laughs> yeah i believe being what depends on what what expectations you put on the pastor if if you're in a church and you believe the pastor needs to be devoting his self full-time to a, an event. I think that he ought to be paid, and and I believe that. Uh, anyway, or she, or <laughs> in DG's church, yes, <laughs> and even in the Nazarene church. Boo! That's a, that's a whole nother That's a that's a whole other. Uh, I
1: had to throw it in there. I'm I said thank
0: you, thank you. I
1: couldn't resist it. It was too much fun.
0: <laughs> so here's the deal. Okay, what I don't understand is. This preaching of tithe, tithing is not something I recall ever being mandated by God, but recorded in scripture as being something that came about as somebody who decided to give of a tithe early in the Old Testament. That's how it was instituted. It began by somebody who, in response to something God did, decided to give of 10% of his first fruits to God as a way of saying thanks. And it became something that happened. But nowhere, nowhere do I remember a command of God or a rule or a law that God says, give a tenth. Do you have any any reference or anything like that? I'm, I'm looking it up, man. Okay, I'm sorry. Good.
1: I'm looking it up. I know, and, it's, I know there's a big chunk in Malachi, but i just got to find Well, it.
0: that and that, I'm going to so argue Malachi here. I am going to so, matter of fact, I'm going to pull a Bible out because I think it might be good to bring out a Bible for this discussion. <laughs> Let me, uh, let's see here. New new international version of work. Let me pull up Malachi and turn over here to Malachi. Cause here's the thing. I don't mind churches preaching about a tithe and, but, but the thing is, I really believe they ought to be preaching about giving. Uh, honestly, I believe um, that church, I, I believe Christians are not called to give a 10th. I believe they're called to give more. I it it I believe that giving ought to be the staple of what it means to be a Christian, and and it shouldn't be limited uh, to ten percent. and And I don't even like the people to say, well, you know, if you don't set a baseline, people aren't gonna give. Well, if that's the case, well then you've got some problem with your with with some with the discipleship area, right? Right. Yeah. But but putting this fake ten percent out there is as as a minimum that God says He requires. I don't know, I don't know that unless you can show me in scripture where God says he requires it, I don't know that that's a good thing just because you're afraid that, well, if we don't get 10%, then then we're going to have some real issues in our church and things aren't going to get
1: paid. So let me read Malachi. That, go well, ahead. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's, it's the, Wait, tell us the scripture reference because I'm going to look it
1: up. Malachi 3 and then it's like 7 through 9 or Okay, 10, go ahead and read it. Or 6 through whatever. Uh, "'I, the Lord, do not change, "'so you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. "'Ever since the time of your forefathers, "'you have turned away from my decrees "'and have not kept them. "'Return to me, and I will return to you,' "'says the Lord Almighty. "'But you ask, how are we to return? "'Will a man rob God? "'Yet you rob me. "'But you ask, how do we rob you? "'In tithes and offerings. "'You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, "'because you are robbing me. "'Bring the whole tithe into the storehouses.'" that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their uh, will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be the delightful land, says the Lord Almighty.
0: Right, and let, let's go back to Malachi chapter 2, two. And let's read who Malachi was writing to. And now this admonishment or admonition is for you, O priests, if you do not listen. And if you do not set your heart to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not set your heart to honor me. Now, my understanding And I invite anybody to not listen and just accept anything that Cliff says or anything that DG says or anybody else says, but to go and investigate yourself. But my understanding of Malachi is this is not written to the church. This is written to the priests. And this whole chapter three thing, robbing God, was written in response to what the priests were doing. The church was faithfully bringing their first fruits, 10% tithe into the church and the priests of the day were taking from that and and, and gaining personally from it. And so when he says, when, when God says, test me in this, bring the whole tithe into the church, it was because they weren't doing that. The priests were not doing this. And so God was not saying, test me, oh, church. It's like, listen, you priests, you leaders, you people who claim to represent me, do you not even trust me enough? Test me in this and bring the whole tithe, everything people have brought. This is something they have brought to me as a testimony.
1: Bring it all to me, you priests. Okay. Now, Professor Allen has it, and this is exactly what it's relating back to okay. in Leviticus uh, yes. 27, 30, and 32. Every tenth of the land's produce, grain from the soil or fruit from the, f- the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord every tenth animal from the herd of the flock which passes underneath the rod will be holy to the Lord. Okay. In other words, dedicated, given to God. So you as a people of Israel, this is your expectation that you will understand that a tenth of all this stuff is God's. Right. That's also, and it was, it was the first fruits. I mean, it was the, it was the... The very first thing they did is they gave it to God. Mm-hmm. They did not just they didn't take some themselves and then give him leftovers. I mean, they gave him the best that they had. Right. It's also one that you also see a lot of times. The first child was dedicated to God because they're they're the first fruits, literally the fruits of human beings of the time period. Right. But here's the thing: the tenth of a land. Hmm. And this is this is me going back to my understanding. I really believe that that number ten. Is not only just a number, but it's also a symbol, and that symbol is a completeness or a wholeness. Okay. So the only reason you give ten percent is because you're acknowledging that everything is God's. Right. And that, and so uh, that's my way of saying it. I completely agree with you that that whether you're just the priests or whether you're the entire people of God, and, and by the way, we're all now a kingdom of priests. Exactly. So we just have to deal with that. <laughs> um, you you have got to understand that this ten percent in reality, is what you're saying to God and to the rest of the world and to all your friends and to the church as a whole, everything I have, everything that I think is mine, in reality is God's. And so here is just a small symbol, a small symbol of 10% for me to tell God and to tell everybody else, everything is God's.
0: Right. But when I read, and and, and of course, so basically... Um, uh Professor Allen says it seems clear that the Old Testament mandated tithing, but I'm not convinced that the New Testament mandates it. And of course, that that you know that is the good question. There are so, there are a lot of rules, a lot of laws that were mandated in the Old Testament that, you know, with the new covenant were not reemphasized. And somebody says, you know, Jesus did say, well, go pay your tithe or whatever" and come but that was before Jesus had, you know, died on the cross. Um and and the thing is is if you look at the are new Testament... talking t- about now? They said, "Go pay your tithe." Yeah there, there was there was a time somebody said something and somebody are you it, talking about taxes? Uh, Give no. To Caesar what no, 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 no. Hold on, let me let me look up tithe. If I look up tithe, I think it does pull up in the New Testament once. Tithe. Uh, do, 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 do. Help us chat room. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. All right. Um, maybe do a do, King James. No, yeah, uh, maybe tenth. Let me let me look up tenth. Somebody asked, if I'm not mistaken, there was somebody that asked Jesus about giving a tenth. So let's see. Esther Ezekiel, equal. OK, let's see here. Uh, Matthew says, woe to you, teachers of the law, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, drill. Still human, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without the former, without, oh, without neglecting the former. Okay, so that's, that's one where you should have practiced, you know, mercy and all this stuff without neglecting giving a 10th. Right, right, Okay, so that, that's one of them. But then it goes
1: on to basically, at one point in time, he basically says, well, it, actually, this is in the Old Testament. He says, I would much rather you not just give me all these fake sacrifices, right. but give me your heart. Exactly. Kind of an understanding.
0: The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like these other men, robbers and evildoers, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on on me a sinner okay so anyway uh but yeah the the whole thing is is you should have you should have done the for you should have done the latter without the form without neglecting giving the 10th right. and some people have said well that's a new testament statement where jesus is saying you should not neglect giving the tithe right okay so but when i when i look at it i look at acts uh acts two 42 through 47 it says they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching to the fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, had everything in common, selling their possessions and good they gave to anyone as he had need. And, and so that's not a tent. They sold, they sold off all land. All of their possessions. They, well, not all of their possessions, but they sold of their possessions. Right. You know, and and it's not like they all took a vow of poverty, but they but they were freely giving. Right. Sure. And, it, and they weren't limited by 10 percent. Their sites weren't set towards that goal. It was and, and there's other scriptures. I wish I would have had time to um, uh, in your heart, in your heart to give. Let me just look up in your heart. Oh, that has too many. Uh, oh, wait. No, that's the wrong search.
1: Let me uh, yeah, get on the top one,
0: okay. In your...
1: <laughs> Carl Gladstone says, in your he heart, he said we should give somewhere between ten 10% percent and a hundred percent.
0: Yes, <laughs> That's all right. Because awesome. uh, I I do want to find find this one in the New Testament. It's it's and the a- other
1: thing is 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 I think a lot of people and and this is mentioned in the chat room too. Uh, everyone always assumes that this is money, mm-hmm. and I think that this is this is a, a lot of stuff. I mean, this is. You know, when, I, when they gave their first fruits, like I said, they're dedicated their first child, you know, and basically said, I'm, I'm willing for you to become a Levite, you know, a priest or, you know, whatever else. And so it's 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 so much more than just money. It really is a heart issue about what are you willing to be able to say, hey, everything is yours, God. And am I willing? And, and of course, money is such a huge part in the Western culture. But am I willing to be able to live sacrificially? And this is, and this once again is what we were talking about, what I was talking about earlier about effectiveness, about bringing about selflessness and sacrifice into who we see ourselves as Christians. Right. Uh, this brings about that idea of, of saying, am I going to live sacrificially? And I'm going to follow the example of Christ and to live sacrificially. And part of that would be, you know giving and acknowledging the fact that everything is God's. Nothing is mine. Um, and when you say the, the sure fact that you say nothing is mine, that, that's that's a selfless <laughs> statement. Exactly. It's not a selfish statement. I did find what I was looking for. Second Corinthians
0: chapter nine, verses six through eight. And um, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his own heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, by the church even. I added that, by the way. Uh, For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That is the principle of giving in the New Testament right. that I think ought to be preached. So much preaching in the church about money is done from Malachi and not enough in Second Corinthians chapter nine verses six through eight and acts two, forty-two through forty seven.
1: But even in Malachi, it's basically saying if you would just if you would just give me and I acknowledge am, the fact that this stuff is mine. I'm gonna bless you like you've never been blessed. Before. I
0: understand, but so, I mean, but just, the the only reason I don't like the Malachi being brought up so much in every single preaching is because do- it's negative. It's, it, it's, it's a negative. It's a ne- it's the negative. It was a negative if you environment. Don't give you're saying, yeah. if you're you're just you are robbing me because you don't give at least a tenth. You are robbing me when actually that scripture is talking about the fact that yes, the 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 the, he, the leaders of the church were robbing. Right. was robbing God. They were taking away what people had decided in their hearts to give. Right. That's what I'm saying. It, 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 in my mind, every time I hear a pastor preach to me from Malachi saying that if I don't bring my whole Ten percent, at least 10% into this church, then I am robbing God. That takes that scripture out of context and it totally degrades my view of that person's preaching ability. I agree. I agree. That just, that's all I'm saying. It's
1: frustrating that, that a lot of people think that it is only 10% and and you have to give that because you're required. You know, yeah, I I, I agree. Now,
0: now I want to confess to you that I give 10% right now. Right. You know, I, why do I give 10%? 10 Well, because it's the number that's always thrown out there. And I do it. But but the thing is, I really do believe if, if you, we're talking about whether or not will the future generation, will your generation, will future generations, will they give to the church in the future financially? Will they give towards building? I think if they can believe in the building, if they believe in the the vision of why the building is being built, then yes, they will give the money. I really do believe that.
1: But right now, the majority of those buildings are only meant for one hour a week and they're not going to give money to that single building.
0: I would never I would never give a single penny to a church that was had a 10 million dollar campaign to build a new campus that is only going to be used 30 or 40 percent of the week and then be empty the rest if now I would if it was the same exact building the same exact campaign and any time that church was not going to be used for our purposes in the the building and the discipleship and all the other things and not even artificial uses it's like listen if we're not going to use it for something that's absolutely necessary let's give it to the community let's do something of value to the community serving the community I love that and I would totally give to a money towards a 10 million dollar campaign yeah. and then of course the other thing i just want to say is that um <laughs> i and i do it yeah and, and i'll even do it cheerfully professor allen then you're cool you're safe then i'm cool the thing is is that uh what was i was, I was still gonna just say something i was gonna go wrap it up right there and i i got called the chat room in my my uh, peripheral vision <laughs> anyway so forget it okay you know what I'm saying yeah I, I believe people will give I it, it's do will they believe and if they if they are if they are true disciples they will they will they will uh, so uh, generously. I believe people will sow generously, but they'll sow
1: generously in what they believe in. And I and I believe that it's the. And, and the thing is, is going back to the earlier New Testament, when you're talking about the first church in Acts, uh-huh. they weren't giving money to build a building. Not at the time. They were giving money to help others in their midst with their needs. Yes. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm seeing that with my generation, they will. It's not a matter of them giving money. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is, they're not going to give money to an institution, and they're not going to give money in in a lot of cases to professional clergy. Right. They're going to give money to those in need, those that they that they already know, yeah, that they love and they care for, and we've actually built those familiar relationships. Which, again, I want to emphasize the fact that those can be found more effectively in a smaller understanding of church.
0: I'd love to just say another thing to this, you know, this big church thing. I am opposed to a large church. I am opposed to a $5 million building campaign where one-fifth of it will be funded over the next year by people making pledges. (laughs) And the other four-fifths will be funded through a loan from the bank. Right, right, right. I am opposed to debt on all circumstances, shapes, forms, whatsoever. I it, it just it, it I mean just look at our our current situation in in a, in the United States with the financial situation. It debt has run rampant, and the church is teaching people to go out and borrow money. To to I mean now you 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 have a five million dollar or ten million dollar uh, building campaign. And and you say, OK, this is what we want to do. This is this is the vision for this. And you know what? We will not break ground until all of it is paid for.
1: Right. Or,
0: you know, we, there it's a 10 million dollar program. It's phase one, two and three. For phase one, we need three million dollars. We will not break ground until the third the three million has reached.
1: And I think my question would be is. Have they done the dirty work and really discerning for this community is is, this right is a building what is needed. And and
0: I'm gonna say, and what I'd like to say is that while I would say generally it's too many times the people don't pray about it, they don't think about it, and they just say yes, it's the thing, it's gonna draw more people, it's gonna attract more people. Exactly. And that's really all they think about. And all I'm saying is that just because that's what unfortunately happens too often, I would say that I'm not opposed to churches having a ten million dollar campus. I am not opposed to a thirty thousand member church. I I, yeah. I I'm not opposed to it.
1: Oh I I'm, no, I'm
0: not a part of one. <laughs> I'm not a part of one. But Dr. Paul Yangi Cho, buddy, he has a church that's amazing. It is the largest church in the world, I believe. Uh, and their church, if I'm not mistaken, the last time I checked, 1.8 million members of this church, one local church, uh, their worship gatherings seven days a week, 24 hours a day in two big, gigantic arena-sized buildings. And everybody in that church is, in, is a majority, a very high percentage of those people, every one of them a, a member of a cell group, an actual cell group. Small group of of people that are living life together for true discipleship and trusting in God and and some amazing wonderful things happening there. Sure. Doctor Paul Yangi Cho and I can't remember the name of the church right now, but if you do largest cell church in the world or largest church in the world and type in Cho C H O, you'll find information about that church. It is amazing, and I'm not opposed to that. I, I there the, now is that happening in America? Absolutely not, but. It is something that uh, you know. I I, when I I hear it's possible, and and I see, I've seen it uh, through through stories and through through people who've been there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, tithing, ah, uh, yeah. I, I yeah. Anyway, let's move on to our next email. <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> By the way, thank you to Jonathan Nation for <laughs> sending us that wonderful feedback yep. from uh, last week that took us into this week. That is awesome. I want to read this one. Uh, someone out there wrote in, and this is something that came to me personally. It says, Dear Cliff, just a little lo- note to let you know that I received my Bible today from Mardell.com, and it's wonderful. Thanks for all your advice. I know you're busy, but I have one more question to ask. Now that I have the Bible to read, how do I start? Where do I start? I know this is pretty basic stuff but uh, to be asking, but I want to jump in, and I don't know which end to leap into. Any advice would be helpful. Thanks so much for all the time it is uh, that you have taken to assist me. This is uh, somebody who listens to about the church and the almost daily devotional who has for the first time in their life bought a Bible of their own and is digging in into the word of God. And I just want to say that this represents a lot of emails like this that we get here at gspn.tv. And I want to say thank you to God for for allowing me to to be a part of something that he's doing this this greater thing and uh if if you guys ever wonder we're reaching people here and and it's it's amazing i love it
1: yeah definitely and and so where would you tell us to uh, here, him or her? Is it her? Yeah, uh, it was her. Okay, where would you tell her to start reading?
0: I that? I told her that uh, my personal favorite, and and I, I I said it really varies from person to person, and depending on what you like to read, where where people like to start out, and what they find is their favorite. And I said, but as far as I'm a, a linear think linear thinker, mm-hmm. uh, I like to read things a little bit in in a chronological order, in some sense, and so uh, I obviously say uh, I'd love for you to start out reading about Jesus and his ministry on earth. Uh, I'm an analytical thinker and I like the way the, um, uh, that Luke wrote doc, the Dr. Luke wrote about Jesus's ministry. And I love the fact that he also wrote the book of Acts, which is the history of the church, which happened right after the gospels. Mm-hmm. And so since they're written by the same author, and it's they're both letters written to the same man. It's kind of neat to just read those two books in order. So to start with Luke and to go right into Acts and then go wherever you want to from there. Okay. That's yeah. how I. That's how I approach it. So many people say, "Oh, the book of John, the book of John." And and I read the book of John and it's got some things that Luke doesn't. You know, it, it tells it from sure. a different angle, different story, and tells a, and does a little bit more. But I really love going. You know, I like going Luke, Acts, and then into the, some of the other stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, I, it, how it, would you, I, I would, t- I would say John, but I would say John the second Genesis because I'm much more of a theology kind of guy and I want John, what John and then Genesis. Oh, I th- okay. And, I thought you said
0: second Genesis is
1: like, wait a second. No, like, no. I don't have
0: that Bible. Uh, okay. <laughs> and Genesis. okay.
1: So, because that way they also get a much better understanding that, that this is a, this is one book and this is yeah. one big story about how God has revealed, uh, who God is, you know, over over time. So, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I always encourage, you know, the funny thing is, is that when I did actually, I actually had a, a friend of mine who was Japanese Uh-huh. and he wanted to start reading the Bible. So I bought him a Japanese Bible and an American Bible. So he can help out with kind of how, how they translate the Japanese or the translated English or whatever else. And, um, and I said, okay, start reading John. And, and I said, read, and I was like, just read John one or John three or five and we'll come back. He had read five books of the Bible Yep. In one week, mm-hmm. and he had all these tabs in there, and uh, and I just thought to myself, it it, it is it is hilarious to me to know that when you're talking to Christians, they're like, "What? A whole chapter? We're going to read a whole? What's going on yeah. here? This is so long," and then you get to somebody who's not a Christian whatsoever. And they're just a normal person. They read about, they read. They consume, they, in, they, in mean, a they good read way, to consume like multiple it. books at one time, and then they want to have discussions over it. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, what happened to Christianity that we have just cut and chopped everything up so much? Yeah. Uh, and that's just the way that we were over the past hundred years. I'm not just saying it's so and so's fault. Right. But we've cut these things up so, so much that we've lost the ability to be able to read a story. Right. We're just reading, you know, one event. You know, we're only reading like one chapter of a whole beautiful story, right? So anyway, I just, I, I do love Genesis. Like Genesis whatever.
0: has some of my favorite stories. Um, I when I t- when I talk to people who are reading the Bible, uh, new for the first time, I always tell them to skip all the begots. You know, begat so and so and stuff like that. It's just you know you'll get to that later. Well, that's only because they're reading
1: yeah. the King James version.
0: Well, <laughs> and and so and so was the son of so and so yeah, and yeah. so and so and so. I said if and, and if you get to some of that stuff, just just move on to to the next the the, the next story. I mean, yeah. don't don't worry about it right now. And Did you suggest
1: her a life application Bible? What?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, she she uh, got she purchased the life application Bible oh, okay. and she asked which version. And I told her, you know, multiple and I told her to go back and, you know, we have Who's an episode. Way? Yeah. Yeah. So. So anyway, she she ended up, I believe she I'm almost positive from Wardell, She purchased the uh, new living translation of the life application Bible, oh, okay. which I think is an excellent purchase.
1: And so um, and the cool thing of the life application that I like is when you, even when you are reading the baguettes or the son of, son of, son of, son of, you can kind of say, well, what the heck is going on there? And you can actually go down to the bottom and, and say, tell you why oh, that's important. Well, that's one person's thought about, you know, what it meant.
0: Exactly. Like and, um, you know, Joseph, the story of Joseph and, and the Israelites and, and all the, I mean, it's all there in Genesis. I really like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, so, it just gives a good.
0: Yep. Okay. So here is the next email. It's a long one, but this comes from a friend of mine. Oh wait, wait. I, th- I think we skipped Jeff
1: in Texas. Did we skip Jeff? How did we skip Jeff we in Texas? Skipped, we skipped Mark, Mark Driscoll. Oh, we can't. Mark Driscoll, dude, man. read Mark Driscoll for okay. me. Uh, this is from Jeff in Texas. <laughs> I was interested to hear you talk about Mark Driscoll in your last about the church podcast. I wanted to challenge DG's opinion that Driscoll only appeals to those who grew up on quote Hillfire and Bremstone preaching. If he were from the Bible Belt and had his primary following there, DG might have a point. Um, I will admit that I am from the Bible Belt, and Mark Driscoll has become one of my favorite preachers, though I don't really classify Driscoll as a, quote, hellfire and brimstone. He just preaches the hard truths of the Bible. Uh, Mark Driscoll, though, is is from Seattle, one of the most unchurched cities in America. He grew up in a non-practicing Catholic family and wasn't saved until 19. Mars Hill Church has grown, which, is by the way, Mark Driscoll's church is called Mars Hill Uh, Has grown from nothing to 7,000 weekly attenders in 12 years. These are not people who grew up on Hellfire Brimstone. Most of his congregation never went to church before. I believe many of the pastors, elders at Mars Hill Church have never gone to church before either. Driscoll is not a fundamentalist preacher either who preaches about all the legalisms that bog bog down the message uh, of so many of the Bible Belt preachers of my youth. For example, he preaches there is nothing inherently wrong with female deacons though not pastors, elders. Moderate drinking, gambling are tattoos within the boundaries, of course, of not making your weaker brother stumble. Mark Driscoll says that half of his church is mad at him that he doesn't condemn the smokers in the church. Another half is mad that he preaches from the Bible. (laughs) Cliff, I think you would like us preaching his last sermon last month about Jesus' Gethsemane prayer was one of the most moving sermons I've ever heard. Keep up the good work, Jeff in Texas. I must say that I am
0: drawn to Mark Driscoll's preaching, but I'm always turned off ultimately by either a second message in a row that i would hear from him just in his style of speaking oh, yeah. it, it i i just feel like i'm being browbeat for some reason and mm-hmm. and although he's preaching almost well actually i you know what if I, he's preaching the truth of the bible i, I understand that but he doesn't hard truth and, and if it was over it. if it was my if it was my home church I would get over my consumeristic <laughs> tendencies, and I would listen to him anyway. There you go. All right, but uh, as it is, I have a home church, and I listen to my pastor preach hard truths as well. Sure. But he, but at the same time, you know, Mark Driscoll just, it's, I just feel like he's yelling at me, <laughs> not hellfire, brimstone. You're going to burn in hell if you don't turn or burn. You know, whatever. I, it, but he, I just feel like he's yelling and 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 he's passionate and and i and and i'm glad he's passionate but yeah sometimes i just want to i i i want to be a consumer and i want to listen to things that
1: make me feel good well i just want to say Jeff, but, thanks so much for sending the emails. Yes. um and and you know you you clarified a lot of the stuff that uh that i was kind of ignorant on so thanks so much for your ad for mark driscoll very cool. So anyway, and, and, and <laughs> praise
0: be to God for a 7,000-member church that's reaching out to some people who maybe are mad that he preaches from the Bible, but they're still there anyway.
1: All right, now we have this email that you're sending up.
0: Yes, this email, um, DG, is a, from a friend of mine who... I'm going to call him
1: Q because I like James Bond.
0: Okay, we'll call him Q. So Q <laughs> is a friend of mine, and and I met him when I first and got into And all in, you biblical scholars out there,
1: you'll, you'll catch the, the joke of Q. But anyway.
0: I met him when I first got into podcasting. Really interacted with him a lot back then in the day. And then, of course, just over time, he got very busy doing some stuff. I got very busy doing some stuff, and I hadn't heard from him in a very long time. I'm saying probably maybe it's been... Maybe a year, maybe just a little bit more since I had heard from him. Then out of nowhere, I get this email from Q.
1: It says,
0: <laughs> Here's and I got two emails. Uh, but for the first one says, Hi, Cliff. I wanted to bring you up to speed on a major development in our lives. My wife and I were raised as Jehovah's Witnesses until July. I was an elder in the local congregation. But for various reasons, we came to see the Watchtower organization as false prophets, and we quickly withdrew from May, uh, from May of this year onwards. By July, I no longer associated with the witnesses. My wife followed soon after. We thought we were on our own. Many ex-JWs throw the, throw the baby out with the bathwater and become atheists. Wow. However, we still have a, we still had a faith. I didn't, it didn't dawn on us immediately, but we came to realize the important of importance Christ should have in our worship. The to JWs Christ is a side figure in their faith. Anyway, it's been a long, hard battle. It's virtually impossible to leave the Watchtower and still have your dignity, your friends, or your family. We've pretty much lost all three. We have two friends who still speak to us. It's likely soon even our family will be completely compelled by the organization to cut us off from them completely. While this has been devastating, we've drawn close to Christ as our Lord and we've relied on him alone. We haven't had anyone else. We have felt him bless us in many ways, including giving us strength and calmness and comfort. Psalm 27 has been a big help. We've contacted local Christians who've shown us great love and are genuinely excited about our turnaround. We also both attended church for the first time ever this past Sunday. Uh, my wife, I forgot to change her name, my wife, Mrs. Q, is attending <laughs> Alpha Course on Thursdays, and I'm looking to develop a ministry to help Christians know how to speak to Jehovah's Witnesses and also try to reach out to the JWs locally. I pray the Lord will bless my goals. Anyway, I thought that I'd let you know about this as I know that you are devout. I hope your fam, you and your family are well Q. And so, like I said, this, 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 this email just came out of nowhere. And I recall talking with this guy and interacting with this guy in the past. and, and never once did we ever talk about faith. I, I think he just picked up a lot of it just listening to the various shows that I do, obviously. Sure. Uh, but he and I, I mean, we just had a connection in such a way that, you know, there are times I just, you know, I just prayed for him. And and I can't, I wish I could tell you more about him because then, I, but I won't. But anyway, eventually he's going to, he's going to sh- completely open up and talk to people and and maybe we'll have him on the show one day, uh, but anyway, it, it, just know this that there were times when I prayed for him in, in the in the past. That just like you know, I just I just pray that you'll just touch him and his wife, and and I didn't know that he was in the Jehovah's Witness Church at the time. I didn't know if he was a person of faith of any type of faith. Sure, and I just it was just a friend and somebody that you know. I said, God, you know. I'm here just like I do for any of my listeners. God, I'm here. And if any of these people ever want to talk to me about their faith, sure. I'm here. Yeah. And I remember specifically thinking that for this person. And out of the blue, about just over a year later, I get this email. And so I responded at, with with a similar length email and and after some prayer. And, and uh, he's on my daily prayer list now, he and awesome. his family. And so I responded to him. And this is, is what he responded back to me. He says, hey, Cliff. Um, anyway, you and Stephanie could, uh, if you and Stephanie could please pray for our respective families at this time, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we feel the Lord is with us and we feel his strength and calmness upon us, but we, soon we'll have to break the news to uh family that we're completely serv- severing our ties to watchtower. You have to understand to them, this will be the equivalent of us committing suicide and taking our children with us. Yeah. Okay and and, and that wow. statement isn't written lightly folks. It, no. I mean it really that's how his parents will take this. Yep. All right. Jehovah's Witnesses believe only they have "quote unquote the truth as a resu- as a result and as result have any hope of surviving God's judgment. So anyone who leaves that leaves is regarded as spiritually dead. Jehovah's Witnesses literally walk past former Jehovah's Witnesses and do not even acknowledge their existence. When I told a local elder elder that I was no longer attending Jehovah's Witnesses meetings, he said that I turned my turned said that I turned on my uh, let's see. I I had turned on God and chosen death is what his words were. Mm now we now we feel strong enough to deal with that uh but i but I know our families won't be strong enough to deal with our decision to leave their faith, so prayers for them would be helpful I feel um I listened to a sermon from the Hillsong Church recently, and the pastor talked about how God will turn our lives upside down to get us where he wants us. I can testify that this is the case. Six months ago, we were a poster family for the the Watchtower. I was an elder. I had a position of respect and authority. I was regularly the guest speaker at other JW Kingdom halls. Uh, my wife served lo- My wife served loyally by my side. Our eight-year-old son can find Bible passages on his own and loves God. My daughter is still a bit young. However, we've... T- we've... Uh, we've... Let's do... do, do, do. Uh, where our eight year old son can do, do my daughter is still a bit young. However, we've been taken away from that. Um, I've lost my position of respect and authority. Our friends have nothing to do with us anymore. And remember JWs are strongly discouraged from having any non Jehovah's witness friends. So if you are, so if you've only ever known the watchtower as in the, is the case with us, when you leave, you have no friends. So if you uh, if you've only ever known the watchtower. uh, okay, I just got that one. Sorry about that. Uh, He says, actually, you when if you leave, you have no one to turn to. That is actually what he said. Um, Our families have the bare minimum of contact. My mother has told me not to talk to her about my beliefs, even though they are solidly from the Bible. And my father has told me that he has nothing to say to me about my beliefs. We know that local Christians have been praying for us and in this regard, and we have felt the blessing upon us. But like I said, my I, prayers for our family are needed too. my parents names are and he gave me their names, his wife's sister and brother in law uh, and his wife's mom's name. He gave me and I have them on my prayer list. Anyway, cool. here's here's a couple things he says that you should know about the beliefs of Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses. DG, will you read some of these?
1: Sure, uh, of the 7,000, uh, of the 7 million uh, Jehovah's Witnesses worldwide, only 9,000 are allowed to have Christ as their mediator. Only those 9,000 partake of the bread and wine when the communion of the Last Supper, when they commemorate the Last Supper. They believe that the Watchtower Society was appointed by Christ in 1919 as God's sole channel of communication. Um, they do not question the teachings of the Watchtower Society. If they do, they risk being expelled by, for apostasy. Uh, They believe that the 144,000 mentioned in Revelation 7 is literal and that only 9,000 of that number are still alive. Only the 144,000 will go to heaven. The rest of the JWs or Jehovah's Witness believe that they will live on earth if counted worthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The message in Romans 10, 13 is regarded as too simple for salvation. Uh, They believe that the only acceptable way to preach the good news is by knocking doors. I uh, believe they only, only they carry the true gospel message. This is despite the fact that their gospel does not match the one in the Bible. Thus, they choose not to apply Galatians 1, 6 through 8 to themselves. Uh, they believe that Jesus is Michael the archangel. They, be, they do not believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ. They do not believe that Christ is God. They do not believe that Christ is to be worshipped or prayed to. They do not believe in the Trinity He says he's still trying to get his head around it. Good, Welcome Welcome to the rest of the world. Uh, They believe that the Holy Spirit is just like the wind or electricity. Uh, Other than the above mentioned 9,000 do not consider themselves saved or sons of God. And they firmly believe that works are needed for salvation, even when they read scriptures of the contrary. So as I say, if you can
0: get as many Christians as possible to pray for our families, we really feel that it'll help if only to dull the blow for them. If they can, in turn, find Christ, then even better. If you wish to mention what's happening to us on your podcast, please do so. But for the time being, please don't mention our names. Uh, once we are fully out, we'll be happy to publicly share our testimony how the Lord has let us out. Thanks, Q. Anyway, just
1: a, a huge challenge going on in that family. Absolutely. Life, so definitely keep them in our prayer.
0: Absolutely, and and you know I, I'm very thankful that you know that that view of the Jehovah's witness church comes out of somebody who's lived there versus us talking about it from the outside. Yeah. You know, and, and I'd love, and and obviously I'm staying in contact with him and praying for him and his family. And I invite the listeners out there. If that touches your heart and in any way, and you have a list of people that you pray for, put put them on the list and uh, just, just be in prayer for them. So anyway, uh, you know, God's doing some amazing things, I guess is, is what I I'd, I'd like to say. Sure. And, uh, you know, we want to hear from you guys. What What's going on Please. in your life? Are you one of the people who are investigating Christianity? Do you have some questions? We'd love to hear your questions. Um, are you a Christian and you think we preach and teach heresy here on our podcast? Well, go ahead and email us.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can email us and make sure your name is with it. Cause we won't read it. Unless yeah. Name do, do
0: Yeah. If you send us email, especially if it's, if it's critical in nature, Please do put your your at least your name on there because yeah. you know own, own own your criticism
1: exactly. Yeah, I, I learned a long time ago as uh, soon so as I came out of the ministry. I mean, as soon as I came out of seminary and I started the ministry, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can even say that. Anyway, <laughs> I started the full time ministry of clergy in the, in the United Methodist Church. Right. Um, one of the first things I got was a letter from uh, somebody saying you need to quit saying the word just in your prayers. That is rude. <laughs> that was, and that was it. No signature, no nothing. And it really, I mean, it hurt me. I was just like, why did they, why, why did they not want to talk to me? Why did yeah. they, what's the purpose of, you know, please discuss that with me. Yeah. What because, what? because you hear it a lot of times in people's prayers, they say, Lord, just, we just want to give you our love. We just want to, you know, and that's the way that they spoke. And that's the way I spoke. Um, and I still do speak that way a little yeah. bit every now and then. But I mean, this is a reason. Is, is there a reason
0: behind that? I mean, is exactly. there, is there, you know, are they afraid that you're saying this is all I really want to do? Right. You know, I, I don't want to do anything beyond this. I think this that's what they're hearing. You know, and I, there, there's, you know, of course, it reminds me there is this little pet peeve I have is I guess all we can do now is turn to God in prayer. It's like, yeah.
1: no, that's not all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just it was one of those things where I was just like, wow, it really hurt. And then I, and I just I remembered one of my professors way back in the day. At Asbury and he was basically saying, Hey, listen, if if you ever receive a letter of criticism or comment or anything like that and it's not signed, throw it away. Just don't even read it. Look yeah. for the signature, know who's saying it, then you can read it. And and he, you know, and I think that there's real truth to when Christ went up to them and said, Listen, if you've got a problem with somebody, then you yourself go talk to them. Not a phone call, not an email, not a letter, but go Talk to them face to face in person. Go talk to them. If that didn't work, then bring a friend. If that right. didn't work, you know I was just like nothing was was with letter or was with you know sending someone else to tell them that for you. I mean, it was if you got a problem, then go yeah in person. And I lo- that's one of the few places in scripture. It's just like bam. Here's number one. Here's number two. Here's number three. This is the way that it gets to be done. Right. And I love that part. <laughs> I love that part.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, folks, um, I if you if you don't listen to it, there's a, a podcast that I do called the Almost Daily Devotional. And I'm getting ready to, um, of course, Watermark Community Church did an entire sermon on it this week. And you can listen to that once it's posted this week. Um, it's it's part of GSPN.TV as well. Uh, if you look under if you go to GSPN.TV and click under Faith Podcast, you'll see about the church, Almost Daily Devotional and Watermark sermon series. And uh, the awesome awesome message on critical people and and the ways to face how to handle criticism and and three different response you know the it talks about the wrong responses and then three different right responses and and i'm going to be uh basically the sermon is the whole thing but i'm going to take it and apply it to what i'm thinking what i'm wrestling with in 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 regards to that so uh Whole lot going on if you're, if you have or uh, face critical people or a lot of criticism about things you do or say or how you do your work and all that other stuff. I I just encourage you to, to take part in some of the additional material that's going on here. And of course, this is a a week later, so you'll want to go back into the the archives now that I think about it, uh, because that was last week when I was looking into all that material. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we thank you guys for being out there. And, you know, oh, man, I I, I, my mind is still on on cue and and just thinking about the you know, you're talking about the the church in China recently Mm -hmm and just the, the fact the persecution and the, the actual, you know, what it costs to be a disciple there, the, the cost is so high, Yeah, you know, and, and stuff. It's like, kind of makes me wonder. It's like, d- does it really matter if they end up going to a big church or a little church? And, <laughs> you know, I, I, it, they seem to me like the type of people that are just going to be, con, that that are going to be drawn to, to seek out the truth and, and knowledge and, and to know God with all their heart.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's you know, that's I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to say no matter where they go or who they interact with, hopefully they will be discerning because of this instant become yeah. because of this instance in their life. Yeah. Are these people speaking truth or are these people not speaking truth? And um and so I mean I can I cannot imagine well, I can a little bit just being really, really burned. Yeah. Um and you know, and I <laughs> it makes complete sense that everyone would just say, well, I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I can't trust anybody. Yeah. Uh, if I consider you people to be family and now I can't trust you, then what in the world, how would I be able to trust anyone?
0: How do you establish that? Exactly. So wow. it would
1: just be, you know, it, it'd be, a, it'd be a tough, well,
0: tough I, I praise God for their testimony. And, and that that's exactly what uh, uh, Melinda said in our, in our chat room. What What a great testimony. And it is, and uh, definitely one that comes at a great cost and great price. And, and I, we're just thankful for it. And I pray
1: that it can fund community again. Yeah. You know, that's my, that's my huge Wait, prayer. For, 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 find a Christ-centered
0: community. From my conversation with him, he is, he, he and his wife are definitely in a community of believers of Christ that, that are right alongside with him. And, cool. and uh, yeah. Folks, that is the show for this week. We definitely want to hear from you. We would love your voicemails. That number is... Eight
1: five nine seven nine five four zero six seven, and one more
0: time just for emphasis:
1: eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven
0: six seven. That's right. All right, and of course, if you want to, you can always email us. It might take us two whole ep- two weeks to get <laughs> weeks through to get all get your, your emails, but we do love them. Seriously, <laughs> we love you guys, and we want to hear from you. Uh, anything anything, send it to us. Tell us it's for the About the Church podcast. We'll get to it. Definitely. All right. You guys take take it easy. easy. God bless. Bye-bye.